Hey mom, hope this finds you well and just want to acknowledge in the lead up to survival day how heavy things can feel and I send all my love to my mob in in Australia who are showing up, who are doing the work in whatever way aligns with them, their capacity and where they're at right now. Survival Day is a challenging time for First Nations people, whether you're for it, against it, change the day, march, don't march. Wherever you sit in that spectrum, it still weighs heavy on us. Every time opening my social media to see all the mob doing amazing things of educating, of sharing their, their knowledge, their strength, their resources, to the outright racism and denial of our existence, of what that date actually means to us. And at the same time, I have a lot of hope this year in seeing things like Kmart no longer stocking uh, Australia Day items and instead choosing to encourage people to buy the Australian-themed native botanical animal products that they sell to the Victorian government cancelling the Australia Day parade quietly mind you but they still did it the um, Australian Open cancelling uh, Australia Day celebrations and instead choosing to focus on the Women's Open this weaving into what First Nations mob are doing to show up to educate to my mob at home while I'm overseas uh, organising our Survival Day March. Shout out to um, Anish Aaron Johnson for taking the lead on this for the last three or four years and encouraging community to get behind it because it always takes one to kind of start and weave people together. And that's where I want to sit is in this space of how do you carry the load? How do you identify what showing up means for you in terms of your capacity, where you're at, and what's important for you right now as opposed to what you feel you should do or what you feel others expect of you is one of the principles, one of the pillars, <laughs> still working this out, you mob, of the warrior heart is to stand in your power be your truth and follow your heart and a part of standing in your power and being your truth is knowing what your capacity is right now where's your heart at where's your body at where's your energy at where's your head at what else is going on in your world right now and using that as a starting point to ask yourself how can I show up right now how can I be of service that's in alignment with where I'm at, where my capacity's at, where my skill's at, and how can I show up and serve without self-abandonment? And for me right now, this is so in alignment with where I'm at with my business and my life and all the things that are important to me. And I was just listening to a podcast by Marie Folio, who has written a book called Everything is Figureoutable. And her basic principle is that 
if it is a human problem, it is figure outable. If it is something defined by nature, the laws of nature, then that's outside of our scope. So are the problems that we allow to stress us out or to take up all of our energy and priority or the things that we fear are often figure outable if we have the, the space to step back, take a bit deep breath and look at it and go, how can I figure out the next best step for this situation? And her latest podcast that I just listened to was a tool or a resource from her Time Genius program, which she calls it Simplify to Amplify. And it's about listing down everything that you are currently committed to. Now, this is more for a business context in terms of she did it to map out all the services that she was offering in her business and realizing and she used a different scale to determine which ones were actually worth moving forward with and which ones she needed to cut because, yes, she was being successful, but she was scraping through with energy, with time, with joy, with the with the markers that were important to her at the time for what uh, success and progress and growth meant for her in her business. And what she used in the scale was, and I mind you, I only just listened to it, so I may miss some of it. And it was what, how, how much time was each offer taking her to create and to deliver? How much money was it costing her? How much money was it making? And then she added in another, um, I guess, scale or data point to um, to collect information on whether on what offers were worth moving forward with, and that was how much joy and energy was it giving or taking from her to create or deliver that offer. And I'm taking that a step further and looking at all the things I'm committed to in my life right now, from my family, um, managing my kids' schooling, um, housework, uh, finances at home. So basically all the parts of being a mum and having a house, like having relationships and a household and a life to manage, to my business and all the things I'm doing in my business, to Kilalana, to jiu-jitsu, culture, like everything I'm currently committed to. And I'm just going to start to do these big brain dumps of all the things that I'm committed to and start to analyze what time and effort is it taking me to be committed to that thing? What is the return on investment in terms of what it takes from me to, to do that thing? to be that person, to do that thing and or to be in that role. What's the investment of money, resources, joy, energy? And where can I start to simplify, to amplify? So what are the things, what's the 20% of things that I can do in all of that scope of things is going to yield 80% of the results? So for example, we recently got uh, some support to clean our house. And it's mainly the bathrooms, the floors, the bigger sort of things that need to be only done like once a week. And initially it was, it felt scary because it was like committing these finances to getting someone else to clean my home. But here's the thing. I hated it. The amount of 
emotional and mental energy it would take for me to look at the bathroom and go, shit, this needs to be done. And then also how shit it would make me feel to see that my bathroom was dirty or that the floors were dirty. And it was just this emotional and mental load that I was carrying of one, the job needing to be done. And then two, the thought of having to do that myself on top of trying to figure out how to build my business, um, learning new things like systems and processes to make my business more sustainable and to grow to the next level of being in business for myself. So when I started to look at the time, the effort, the fact that I hate cleaning the bathroom and other areas like that, the emotional load. So for me to even get to the point of cleaning the bathroom was the the hours of the days of just looking at it going and avoiding it and procrastinating to the time it would actually take me to do it and the emotional energy that it would take for me to just do it. Now, first world problem, and yet it was something that was, it was, I was really resentful because the time that I was taking to clean the bathroom was taking away from my self-care, was taking time away from my family, and it was taking time away from my earning capacity of building my business. Because when you work for yourself, there is no sick leave there is no one else to pick up the slack, particularly when you're just starting out. So it's all on me. So every time I make a decision or a choice to do something, whether it's sitting on social media and scrolling and realizing that I got caught in the black hole of social media and that an hour's passed when when I first picked up my phone and I was avoiding doing a task that would actually move me forward. And it's like, I'm just tired. I just need to chill. I just need to check out for a second. And realizing that an hour has passed and I could have been so much more effective and efficient with that hour and gotten some things off my plate and off my mind that have been um, either weighing me down or kind of like creating anxiety because it's like that thing needs to be done in order for other things to progress but I might be avoiding it because either a I'm scared of it I doubt my abilities or it's really something that's really difficult for me And rather than doing that thing or finding a way of figuring it out, I go and sit on my phone for an hour and then that just makes me feel even more shit. So by focusing on all the things that I'm committed to and going, hey, I don't actually need to be cleaning that part of my house. I can get someone else to come in and help me with that. And I'm also providing income to another person, another woman or another person who also has a family and a life to provide for. So when I started to look at these things differently, and for me, weaving this back to days like survival day and going, where do I stand on this? And trying to, one, I do not, it's it's survival day for me. It's a day of mourning, has been since I understood the concept and started educating myself on this space. And yet I also don't want to get involved, particularly online, with fighting with every bogan, white, privileged, racist, redneck who, um, and those who just don't understand and don't want to create the space to understand their own history, where First Nations people are actually coming from. And the simple fact that in 1938, Aboriginal people gathered and declared the 26th of January as a national day of mourning because that is the day that First Nations people's lives changed forever and the process of colonisation started. It is as simple and as complicated as that. 
And then in 1988, I could have the year wrong. Uh, one of the prime ministers, I think it was Paul Keating, I could be wrong there as well. Um, don't come for me on my fact checking. I'm jet lagged. I'm currently overseas. And I just really felt it was important to have a yarn about this showing up with what you have from where you are and the capacity that you have. Because it's so important to our well-being, it's so important to our sustainability to show up to things that matter to us and where we can add value and add our efforts to support the causes that are important to us without burning out, without overstretching ourselves and putting ourselves at risk of, of illness or burnout. And that Prime Minister decided that of all the days that we could celebrate our National Day of Pride, he chose the 26th of January when previously before that, the day had been celebrated on numerous different dates. And if you want to challenge me on this, go do your research because it's it's all there. And decided that the day that First Nations people, Aboriginal people had decided that that, had declared that a national day of mourning in 1938, decided that this was the day, the date that we would celebrate our national day of pride, a day of genocide, a date that Cook arrived in Australia and the process of colonisation of stolen land of genocide of a country being built on the back of bloodshed and everything that comes with that was the day to celebrate being proud to be Australian. Now, there's a lot of people who still feel like there is no date that could be celebrated with the current state of Australia in terms of having a National Day of Pride. And the other thing is, is that we have public holidays dedicated to horses, to a monarch and formerly a queen, now a king, who colonised this country or their, their legacy and their processes colonised this country. And yet there is no public holiday dedicated to either acknowledging the history of this country and paying respects to it as we do the Anzacs or a national day where First Nations people can be celebrated and respected for the strength, the culture, the resilience, being the oldest living culture in the world in 2023. And this year is going to be a very significant year for who we are as, as a country, the narrative, the relationships we have within ourselves, with our First Nations people, with the Uluru Statement from the Heart, the voice being front of mind and a, I guess, a political movement right now. And there's so much that I need to educate myself on in terms of all the different moving parts of this, where I stand and how I can be of service. And right now that's understanding where I'm at, all the commitments I have and what is my capacity. Not just what is my capacity, but what are my skills and where am I best served to be of service and have impact, to simplify what I'm doing to be able to amplify the efforts. So where can I put my efforts that's going to yield the impact or support the momentum and the movements that are important to me, to the legacy that I want to leave and to 
the obligations and responsibilities I have to those who came before me, who fought so that I could exist as a First Nations woman in this country, to honour those who came before me, to play my part now, to create a better world for those who are to come after me, whether for my children, my grandchildren, and all those that I work with and that are important to me. So where are you situated right now? What's important to you? What's draining your energy? Like, what are you avoiding doing right now that could be the one thing that could really move you forward, that could change your whole trajectory or take that load off of your mental health? And where have you been spending your time and energy that it's not really needed or isn't isn't the thing or the things that kind of are the things that matter the most to creating the life that you want to live or the things that are important to you? Where are you allowing yourself to be obligated in a toxic manner and going, I'm expected to be over here. I feel like I should be over here, even though I don't feel like I belong. I don't want to be doing that thing. Or I just don't have the capacity or the skills to do that thing. And I just don't know how to stand in my power and speak my truth. And for me, a lot of this is coming down to where I'm at in business, where I'm at with Kilalana, Jiu-Jitsu, my family and going right. What are all the things I want to do, starting with my visions and dreams? And then what's my current reality and my responsibilities and, and building a roadmap that can meet those those things in the middle and actually create a practical plan that will allow me to create progress, but really start to claw back my time, my mental energy, my health and my, my well-being so that I can simplify to amplify. I can take the 20% of things that I'm doing and yield 80% of the results and the impact that I want to have. And to all my mob to that are that are showing up, that are doing the best they can to be a part of this movement and and play their role in terms of healing and creating change in our lifetime to honour our ancestors and our elders and the work they've done to create the spaces we're in and playing our part to lighten the load for the next generation and progress things. Not just to close the gap, but also with the, those of us that are practising black excellence for whatever that means for you, whether it be showing up and healing your trauma so that your kids don't become victims of your trauma, to all the the grandmothers who are taking care of their grandkids and and nieces and nephews uh, because their, their parents can't for whatever reason. That is examples of black excellence. It's not just people with awards and degrees and, and profiles and platforms. It's also the everyday person who is waking up and doing the best they can with what they have from where they are and who they are to show up and go, this is the best I've got right now. So big love and shout out to all my mob that are doing that. Big love to all the allies who are showing up, educating themselves and being a part of the solution. That's it. Just wanted to have a yarn about that around what does it mean to to, to show up and simplify in a way that honours your capacity and skill. And I want to weave this in because it's something that's really resonating with me is Jacinda Ardern's, the former Prime Minister of New Zealand's, um, decision to step down 
from her role as Prime Minister of New Zealand on Thursday last week. And in her, I guess, in her in her words after choosing to step down is that she realised that she no longer had the capacity or the energy to continue in that role and that she realised that she had a responsibility to know when it was her time to step aside. And I think there's so much that we can learn from that and the courage and the grace with which she did that. Now, there were so many sexist, derogatory, um, harmful things that were, were taken out of context in her decision in that there was the BBC, uh, a international reporting agency platform, turned around and said, can women really have it all? Now, her decision to step down was not based off of the fact that she was choosing between being a mum and being in the role she was. She was pregnant and breastfed while being prime minister of a country. She led them during a pandemic. She showed that you can lead with with grace and empathy and gentleness, that there can be a different type of leadership. And her decision to, and her ability to recognize and take responsibility for when she no longer had the capacity to continue in the role that she was in is the greatest of courage. And a lot of people or people in leadership positions that are just there holding on for sheer, for the power or, or they're past their due time is, is something that is an example of leadership, unlike a lot that has been shown to us before, particularly at the level of being a leader of a country. It's not like she was a CEO and, and that role is important too. She was the leader of a country responsible for so much and for her to have the courage to acknowledge to herself and then take responsibility to acknowledge it to the world and to step aside and go, I no longer have the capacity to deliver and show up for what this role requires is something that I'm going to be taking on board in terms of the roles that I'm playing and asking myself, what are my skill sets? What is my capacity? Where are my responsibilities? And how can I deliver and manage that responsibility, particularly being a CEO and having other people working for me? Their, their incomes are reliant upon my ability to show up. And how do I serve in that role? And if I need support, what does that look like? So I can deliver on that responsibility to others and also acknowledge my capacity and my skills to do that and to do those things in those roles that I'm holding. And that's kind of tying into survival day and how can I show up and best be of support while I'm on the other side of the world um, attending a women in business conference that I feel is going to help me build the skills and networks I need to take things to the next level. So big love you mob. Hope this is giving you something to think about and I see you and I value you and I'm grateful for you for all those who are showing up and doing their part but doing it from their well-being, doing it from their, their overflow or their capacity, not burning themselves out in the process because there needs to be sustainability in these movements. There needs to be sustainability in the change making that we're doing, that we're driving, that we're being a part of. And there also needs to be that responsibility to go, what role am I playing? And 
how am I showing up in the roles that I have and am I best served to play in that role or am I better served to put my time, attention and skills in another way in another that meets my capacity and skill? Big questions to ponder and this is, I'm yarning about stuff that I'm currently going through and experiencing. Um, so just wanted to share that with you and sending so much love and gratitude for our mob that are that are showing up and feeling it and just do you in this time take care of you and show up in your way that feels in alignment big love and gratitude